Okay, everybody, welcome to another Ignite Visibility University podcasting video. I am so excited today because we have our new director of creative and interactive and social media and just not, not only that, just a guy who is, in my view, a titan in the industry. So I'm so excited to welcome him to Ignite Visibility. He really, really knows his stuff and he's somebody who I've worked with um, for over a decade. Oscar, how are you doing, man? Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's good to see you. So would you mind maybe just start, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and just about your role at Ignite? Sure. Uh, so uh, my name's Oscar Luderoth, and thanks for the introduction, John. A really nice introduction from you. Um, I joined the Ignite team about uh, two months ago now. And as you mentioned, John, you know, I've known you for about the past decade, been working together big fan of, uh, of the company and, and the work that you guys have been doing. So when the uh, opportunity opened up to join um, and head up the creative side of the business, uh, it was a no brainer for me to, to come on board. Um, so really excited to have the opportunity to, you know, implement some new creative ideas with the backbone that you guys already have and all of your digital marketing expertise. Um, so, you know, really, really excited for what the future holds for us and, and for our clients. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, going back, I mean, I, I've worked with Oscar to build, um, predating Ignite, to build um, very large websites for for big brands, to launch interactive video games, to do um, creative campaigns for um, for really big, well-known companies. And we'll probably talk about a few of those today. But you know, Oscar, you know, you, the heart of what you've done has been creative and interactive and web. But you're kind of almost like a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. I mean, where do your where are your main strengths, and what do you really focus on mostly in digital? Yeah, so you know, a lot of that comes from my first foray into this world. I started actually as a programmer. Um, so back in the not to date myself too much, but in the mid '90s, um, I started in in web development um, and really got into into that whole aspect of the industry. Um, went to college for that, and as I kind of got into that stuff, I started to learn more about the marketing side of the business um, and was really drawn to that. Um, so my initial foundation being on the development side uh, gave me kind of a, an interesting backstory um, in terms of bringing those skills onto the more traditional marketing side. Um, and then, uh, funny enough, I met my wife in college, who's a creative director as well, um, and working with her, she started introducing me to some of the more you know high-level creative side of things, the branding side of things, really understanding um, that whole side from like a strategic perspective. And I kind of started to join all of those things together. So, uh, you know, I was looking for ways to bring that development side of, of uh, my skill set into more creative areas um, and into branding areas. Um, and so I spent the last 10 years or so really focused on the branding side of the business, um, learning a lot about that. Um, as you mentioned, working with some, with some large brands um, and really getting insights into how those brands operate on kind of a global scale. Um, and what was great about that was I could then bring the, my digital background and my development background um, and create some really, really cool experiences, um, some really great creative um, across a variety of channels for all of these brands and just kind of blend all of those things together. Um, and that's really where kind of my expertise lays and, and where I'm looking to kind of continue growing. 
Yeah, it seems like, you know, for me, I've always been so performance-based, marketing-driven, but, you know, what I've learned also um, really in the last five or six years, I think, is that performance-based is great, but the bigger the company gets, the more it's really not about performance-based. Performance-based is fantastic, but I believe it's more brand-driven. I believe it's much more kind of like a company ethos-driven mission, like mission-driven drives creative, drives all assets for performance-based marketing. Like that's kind of the feel that I start to get with, with these bigger companies. Talk to me about that a little bit. Like how do you get into that creative process and how do you kind of develop that? Yeah, so it's really interesting that you bring that up um, because I think that that, it, that has very much been kind of the traditional model, especially for larger brands. Um, you know, even though you're obviously, your success is still measured against things like sales and growth and you know, those types of figures, um, it's not the same as it is uh, at a small business level or even a mid-tier business where you're literally measuring, you know, every dollar spent against a true ROI. Um, when you're looking at the really big brands, a lot of the things that are driven are uh, around measurements like brand awareness, uh, brand affinity, uh, you know, likelihood to purchase. And, and when you move the scale on those numbers, it's, you know, very small percentage points year over year. So the way that you approach that strategically is much different. Um, and in those types of, in that type of work, I think, you know, creative just becomes kind of king. Like it, it really leads everything that you do. Uh, you know, you really want to have impactful storytelling, um, you know, a really high aesthetic. You really want to connect with your consumers um, through your visuals and through your storytelling. Um, and it's not so much about driving them to an immediate action. So, you know, where you see more direct response type marketing where everything is, you know, let's get you to buy, let's get you to click, let's get you to sign up, let's get you to, you know, convert in some way, shape or form. The bigger brands, when you're working on that brand awareness piece, it's, it's just a lot different. And so it changes the way that you do things strategically because you have to kind of change your mindset out of the performance marketing world and into this idea of how do I make the biggest impact creatively? How do I tell a story to the user, to the consumer um, to get them to start associating my brand with, you know, things that they relate to. Um, having said that, though, I think the, the current marketplace and, and even pre-COVID, it was starting to shift a little bit. Um, I think a lot of those big brands, uh, because consumers are becoming smarter, um, because consumers are becoming a little bit less receptive to traditional media models, um, there's, been, there's starting to be a shift in the industry where even at the big brand level, um, performance marketing is starting to kind of creep its way into the more traditional marketing models. Uh, you know, I think there's, there's a need to be more careful with every dollar that's being spent in marketing. Um, and I think right now, because a lot of the traditional channels for those big brands are being shut out, especially, you know, TV, you're out of home, um, and everything's kind of shifted online into a, an area where things are more trackable and more measurable. I think it's gonna start moving towards that model across the board for all brands. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I, I even wrote a, a book on it at one point and, um, you know, but I, I've, I've seen the work that you've done and your team had done at, at past companies, you know, on, you know, the Coca-Colas, the Sky Vodkas, the, um, you know, the Fisker Automotives, the Decori Jewelries. And I just, you know, some of that imagery and some of that creative was so striking. I mean, I, I remember, you know, um, the, just the sky vodka stuff and the decor stuff, just, just literally beautiful. So how are you kind of like looking at coming up with creative now and then marrying that with performance-based marketing? Like what's that kind of process look like? Where's the tug? Like just talk to us about that a little bit. 
Sure. So, you know, I think with some of the brands that you were mentioning, you know, they're definitely uh, brands that were led with visual storytelling. And so the goal was, hey, we want this image to be so impactful. Um, you know, I think the thing that's lost a lot of times when, when people see this beautiful imagery, though, is, is all of the strategic works that, that goes into creating those images. Um, you know, Takori being a great example, Sky Vodka being a great example, both of those were up against uh, some of the biggest brands in the world. You know, with Sky, we were competing with Absolute, who also had a very unique brand image. Um, so the visuals that we were putting together were not just, hey, this needs to look beautiful and striking, but it also needed to be created in a way that kind of struck a juxtaposition against what your consumer might see with Absolute. So you were kind of creating your own branding, you were kind of creating your own, you know, swimming lane for that brand. So when people saw that Sky Vodka ad, they immediately knew it was Sky Vodka, even if they didn't see the logo, even if they didn't see the bottle, you know, the, the image was so owned and, and so much a part of the brand ethos for Sky, you knew it was them. Same for Takori, you know, they were up against the, the David Yermans of the world and the Tiffany's and they had such unique looks that we kind of had to take that same approach for Takori where we were like, every single piece of creative that we make has to be beautiful, definitely, and has to be striking. But what's the strategy behind it that helps to separate it from its competitors and that helps its audience immediately identify it? Um, yeah. So some of that strategic work can still be applied to the performance marketing side of things. And, and so my approach now is, as I'm looking at things through that lens of performance marketing um, is to take some of that strategic background um, I have a really strong background in user experience and kind of UX, especially online. Um, so taking a lot of the learnings that I have from there and applying it to the creative, um, you know, that's kind of my initial approach to it. In terms of where that kind of tug and that back and forth is, um, you know, it's, it's really challenging sometimes as, as someone who came from working on luxury brands and really high-end creative, it's really hard sometimes to pull away from that and let the, you know, uh, you know, internally with Ignite, let the CRO expert tell me, hey, this looks really beautiful, but we need to bring, you know, a call to action above the fold and make it a little larger and use this color. And for me, it's like, oh, well, that color is not quite on brand, but I understand your point. So finding that balance. Big orange button, too, yeah, like right on exactly, your image. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, but at the same time, understanding that as the, as the uh, advertising world is changing, as the marketing world is changing, it's like, you know, is the brand going to value the beauty of that ad more than the fact that it's going to convert to higher sales? Um, in the past, maybe, but I think in today's world and in today's marketing environment, absolutely not. They're going to want those conversions. So that's kind of what's, you know, driving me to, to, to give a little bit of leeway let go of some of those creative elements and say, okay, let's bring in some of that conversion stuff. Let's bring in some of those tracking elements. Let's bring in some of these other things that are going to help these ads or these, you know, uh, these websites or, or whatever that marketing piece is, how are they going to perform better? Um, so, you know, willing to, to give up a little bit of that creative freedom so that we can have that performance. Well, you know, one of the things that, I mean, when I first started working on the Takori account, I looked at them and I thought, oh, you know, this is a, this is a great, I never even heard of them before, but I'm like, this must be a big company. This must be a premium company. And it was just because of the imagery. It was just because of the way that things were designed. And I think what people need to realize is if you have really good high end creative, like if, if you, if you have your competitors creative and you're creative and the consumer sees both things just by a better image, it will cause 
cause them to pay a much larger premium because they have that brand association. And so, um, you know, in that particular instance, that, that made a huge, huge difference. So I think that's, that's important for people to keep in mind. I mean, you can't charge premium prices without premium created. Agree 100%. And I think that that idea carries across the board. You know, a lot of times when we're doing websites, um, you know, in the past, we've, we've done some work and, and I've led some websites for brands that were, you know, startups or, you know, very small, but growing. Um, and they were in very crowded marketplaces against, you know, really, really large competitors with deep pockets. Um, and we were able to beat them, you know, be, because of what you're saying. Uh, initially, from a strategic perspective, not just creating that beautiful imagery, but finding that white space where, you know, their competitors weren't, you know, we'd, we'd look at, okay, well, this competitor kind of owns this space and this look, and this competitor owns that space and that look, and maybe they own the, the low price at a premium. And maybe these guys own, you know, this look and feel. So trying to find, navigate your way around that and finding the space where you could create and design a brand that didn't feel like anyone else. Um, so that was part of what we, the work we did for Takori. But then when you go on a website or when you see a piece of work, just having that, you know, hiring that better photographer, doing that just better styling, no, having someone who knows how to light things and creating that premium for that product um, is just such a huge win. And in a consumer's mind, they automatically associate it as being a better product than the competition just by the fact of having a better photo or a better video or whatever the case may be. Um, and in a lot of times it was great because we would work with brands who actually had really low price points. Um, and then we would create this amazing creative. So we would hook the, the consumer in because they would be like, oh my gosh, I love this ad or this is so beautiful. And then they'd see the price point and be like, there's no way, like that can't be. Yeah. And when you create that, it's such a huge win. So, I you know, like always that, looking for those that types allows of you to, to do to go more mass market and sell larger volume. Um, and appeal to more people just by a little bit better creative, even though you've got lower price points, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's something that, you know, I worked a lot with uh, at my previous agency and, and uh, my executive creative director there, that was one of his big things, this idea of what he called prestige at mass. And, you know, it was basically the, this, this concept that said, why can't we have beautiful things at mass? You know, why do we have to save them for high-end boutiques? Why do we have to save them for, you know, luxury stores? Why can't I walk into a Walmart or a Target or, you know, a, a Vons or, or any of these stores and still see beautiful product? There's no reason for it. People will still appreciate it and people will still recognize it. Um, and sure enough, we took that strategy and applied it to, to a lot of these brands that were in those stores. Um, and we immediately saw a lift because it really does help it stand out on shelves. And, consumers really do appreciate the the quality of the design and again they automatically create that association between you know visual aesthetic and performance or value i absolutely love that yeah all ignite clients all anybody who's listening to this right now let's have prestige at mass or let's just have prestige right you know we want to be number one in the space or work with people who are going to become number one in the space we want you to become number one in the space you can't do it unless your creative is better then your competition. Oscar, you know, you talked about something a minute ago and you're talking about finding the holes in creative. When you're talking about that, I was thinking to myself, gosh, I'd love to take every client or a couple clients or even ourselves and look at everybody's creative 
um, for their competition on a wall, like put like their top 10 competitors on a wall and then look at all the holes and then, you know, and then craft a strategy to create better messaging, better conversion rate optimization, better, better creative altogether in, in one area so that they can beat the competition. Um, that just went through my head. Talk to me about your process. Like, is that kind of what your process is like? Is it competitive analysis driven? That's kind of what I was getting a bit at from it. Yeah, definitely. So I think if, if we're talking about branding specifically, uh, you know, that is that is 100% the process, um, even down to, you know, you kind of nailed it almost like you were secretly watching our sessions, but we literally would print out all of our competitors creative, we would print out, you know, everything they're doing from a packaging perspective, from an online perspective, from a, you know, uh, magazines, print ads, so on and so forth, we put it up on a wall. And we would try to find essentially like you're saying like what is it that no one is doing um and we would create essentially like you know think of a an x y axis that would have you know two defining parameters on each end and one might be you know low price and one might be high price and the other one might be uh youthful and the other one might be you know millennial whatever those those pieces are on the x y axis and what we would do is we would map out all of the competitors in that space and what we're trying to find is where's the one kind of area in that space where the competitors aren't. And then we would start to craft a, a brand around that thought process. So we would say, hey, you know what? Everyone in this space is covering these areas, but no one is doing this. And that gives us you a, a foundation to start your branding strategy. Um, I will say we also had, you know, really strong, <clears throat> excuse me, really strong people on the team that, that did a ton of brand research um, and I think one of the keys to that too, was we didn't focus just on demographic data, which I think for a lot of brands, you know, that's an easy focus. It's like, Hey, our audience is 18 to 34, they're female, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What we would do is then dive into the psychographic elements of a consumer, you know, so you start thinking about life events, you start thinking about, you know, macro trends in the industry, macro trends, uh, in the marketplace, macro trends for those other brands that you're competing against. And that helps you to craft a really interesting and unique story for your brand. Um, and that's where you can then really start to have an impact because you really understand who your consumer is. You really understand who your competition is. And then everything that you're putting out into the market is hitting on all of those points. And so it just resonates really strongly, really quickly with your, with your audience. I'm, I'm so excited about doing that with clients. I'm so excited about creative driven strategies that then you know translate into the websites that we're building, that translate into the ads, that translate into the email marketing, that translate into the social media posts, the content marketing, the TV, you know, 360 stuff, brand continuity, right? And I, I know that um, the team is as well. So what what what's your kind of vision here and kind of what's your like what type of services are you most excited about that we're offering now? Yeah, definitely. So I think from a vision perspective, we kind of touched on it earlier. Um, you know, as I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, fan of trend research. So I spend a lot of my mornings every day kind of jumping online, subscribe to some, you know, a, a series of newsletters and, and spend some time online just kind of seeing what's happening in the marketplace across um, a variety of trends. Again, consumer trends, marketing trends, brand trends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and again, about a year ago, it started to pop up on my radar that, uh, you know, brands were shifting the way that they were thinking. Brands were really being more careful with the way they were spending dollars. Um, brands were becoming a lot more segmented in the types of agencies they were working with, where you know, in the past it was kind of the big agency of record. And now it's like, hey, we've got you know, key agencies that do all, the, all of these key things. 
Um, and that got me thinking about, okay, where's my next move going to be to? What am I going to do next? Um, and I thought, you know, I really want to get involved with an agency that kind of fits what I think the future models are. So from that perspective, in terms of what I, what, what I want to do next, um, I think that's, that's where the fit came in with Ignite, where I think brands are looking for companies like us that can say, hey, you guys have great strategic thinking, thinking. you now have, you know, this awesome creative and I'm comfortable knowing that all of the dollars I'm spending are going to be measured and I'm going to have accurate results against all of those. And we have the facilities to test and shift and, and do all of those things. Um, so that I think uh, just at, at a higher level is, is what I'm excited about in terms of next steps. Um, as far as specific services, um, you know, I, I'm really excited about the shift in importance of a web presence. Um, I think with, you know, the current situation going on in the world, a lot of brands that had previously put web kind of to the wayside for a lot of things are now realizing how important that can be, not just during situations like this, but long term, you know, the advantages of having this own space, uh, which is your website, and not having to rely on, you know, what Instagram is doing, or what Facebook is doing, or what, you know, whoever is doing, and how they might change their rules this idea of having ownership of your website and it being kind of your number one conduit to connect with your, with your consumers um, that I'm really excited about. And, and even just talking to some of the prospects and clients that we've been talking to um, seeing how that kind of light bulb has gone off for them. And they're really excited about, you know, putting all of this effort in, into those websites. Um, I think that's, that's a really big, big piece for me. Um, I'm also excited, you know, just from a creative perspective about some of the things that are being done in the video space um, you know, having done a lot of TV in the past, that shift into video online and the different channels that it's going into um, has become really interesting. I was actually just reading a thing about how younger audiences, you know, millennials, Gen Z, they actually don't see a difference between what we call linear and non-linear TV anymore. To them, it's just TV, whether they're watching on a video on YouTube or whether they're watching, you know, an Instagram video or TikTok or they're watching a traditional television show it's all the same to them. And I think that creates a really exciting opportunity for how we start to create video content uh, moving forward. Um, so those two areas I think are, are really exciting, but you know, I, I still love photography. You know, I love the idea of, you know, how you can elevate an e-commerce website with just a simple tweak to your photography. Um, I'm still a huge fan of email. That's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm always a bit, of a bit of a proponent of that, even with all the new stuff that comes in. So excited about those channels as well. Um, and just really excited about being able to create a, uh, a great strategy that allows clients to kind of hit all of those different channels with the right messaging, um, with the right creative, and, and you know, with, with the right opportunities. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, really interesting stuff right there. I was, I was on TV the other day, and I was like, you know what, this isn't that much better than YouTube, at, you know, at this point. But, um, you know, you, you hit on some, some really, really interesting stuff there. And I think, you know, the main kind of takeaway is, you know, we are now, one, one of the main takeaways outside of all that really interesting stuff you said, you know, now for the first time doing organizing and doing all of our own photography for clients, all of our own video for clients, website development and website design for clients, all created and driven from one creative strategy that's got reasoning behind it and uh, go-to-market campaigns that's going to translate into all of the different services that we do with our other, you know, 90 amazing people who work here at Ignite. And so, um, so if you're a client watching this right now or a prospect or just anybody who's interested, so now you know that Oscar is driving that side and we're looking to do it from a very value-driven perspective. So not the most expensive, not the most cheapest in the entire world, but at a price point that really does make sense so that we can do it 
um, you know, as an offering, uh, you know, premium and in, in mass, you know, for each of our clients. So Oscar is going to do a great job there. And we've already got quite a few um, great projects under our belt. So Oscar, we talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the biz side. We talked a lot of shop. Outside of that, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Anything uh, cool going on? I know you live in Chula Vista. You know, you're a San Diego native, I believe, um, or you've lived in San Diego for a while. I'm a native. I think you've lived here for a long time. What's going on with you at, at home? Anything exciting? Yeah, so yeah, uh, I have lived in San Diego for a while. I'm actually a, a native of Mexico. I actually moved over to the States when I was about eight years old, but I've been in San Diego for, for about as long as I can remember with a, with a short stint in LA in between. Um, in terms of stuff happening at home right now, you know, really excited for summertime. Uh, kids are out of school um, and, and they are ready to, you know, get into quite a bit of stuff. Um, it's going to be interesting this year because normally we have the summer camps and summer school and all that, but Right now, it's, uh, it's a lot of hikes and uh, pool time. And, uh, you know, we've really, we did a, a home remodel last year. So we've really gotten big into cooking at home. So I've uh, been showing the kids some new recipes and uh, doing a lot of cooking with my wife. So that's kind of been, you know, the, the, the home stuff going on. Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, but am hoping to get a, a, at least one trip in here at some point when things kind of calm down again. Um, but other than that, you know, just, uh, hanging out here at the house with the family. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today and for taking the time to, uh, to join the video. Any, any other closing thoughts that you have for everybody or any final words on what's going to make them successful for marketing in, in 2020 or creative? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I was reading something recently that made me think about this. Uh, you know, there's, there's a huge shift right now in, uh, in brand loyalty. So, you know, uh, companies that for years have struggled to get people to switch over to their brand, um, you know, are now seeing that that is no longer the case. Uh, I, you know, I think the line I read was uh, 10 years of, of marketing strategy has been undone in the last three months when it comes to brand loyalists. So I would say for brands that are in the market right now um, that, have, that have found it challenging to steal market share, uh, now is the time to really come into the marketplace with a, with a new strategy to help you gain some of that market share because the consumers out there are open to new brands right now. Um, you know, given the current situation, they are looking for alternatives. They're open to trying new brands. They're open to sampling new products. Um, so, it, you know, it creates a, a really, really interesting world uh, for, for brands that are, that are looking to get into those spaces. It's a really, really smart point. And um, for us in particular, you know, when COVID kind of happened and started, you know, we tripled down on marketing. We were able to get a, a little bit of market share. I've seen quite a few of our clients do the same thing, especially with uh, all these businesses being impacted in different ways. So, you know, look, there's nothing wrong in business with, um, you know, wanting to stay afloat, wanting to grow, wanting to get more market share. Oscar, I think that's a really good point for everybody to, uh, to kind of end on, you know, try to, uh, you know, keep growing and moving in a positive direction and don't be afraid to, uh, to really go for it. So thanks so much for being on today. If anybody has any questions and you want to ask anything of Oscar, uh, you can go ahead and email him. What's your email? It's Oscar L at ignitevisibility.com. Oscar L at ignitevisibility.com. He'll be happy to chat with you. Or you can also leave a comment um, on Facebook if you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube. Oscar, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, John. Great talking to you.